You are listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. Connect with me on YouTube at Past Life Lady or on my Facebook fan page at Past Life Lady. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. guess what? I've got a new book coming out. It's called The Goddess Discovered, Exploring the Divine Feminine Around the World. And it is coming out on December 8th from Llewellyn Worldwide. This book has over 500 deities in it. Part one of the book will take you into the ancient world where you will learn about ancient religions that you may have practiced during your past lives and you'll explore goddesses from the ancient Celts, the Norse, the Egyptians, the Greeks and Romans, and more. And then in part two, we will explore living religions, current modern religions, and the deities worshipped by people during our own modern times. In part three, you'll have a chance to take some past life regressions and even genealogical regressions to connect with the places where your ancestors may have worshipped these deities in the past. Pre-order The Goddess Discovered and you'll receive a free gift, a guided journey from me through my healing arts platform. I hope that this one will be a book that you will have on your shelf for years to come. And I cannot thank you enough for your support of this book. I'll have lots of events coming up. But meanwhile, you can pre-order The Goddess Discovered. And I thank you so much for your support. Namaste. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Care. Welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So we've got an amazing guest today. I've got Julia Gordon-Bramer on the show. So Julia has an amazing podcast and she invited me to be a guest. I checked out her website and I was so fascinated that I had to invite her to the show. Julia, welcome to Healing Arts. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that one of those fun things where almost an instant connection, huh? 
Absolutely. You know, Julia has an incredible background, friends. Um, she was actually voted the number one fortune teller in St. Louis, one of the top 10 psychics in St. Louis. But she's got this other aspect that I'm also fascinated by. She's written several books about the poet Sylvia Plath, who I've read about and read her poetry. But, you know, one of your books, Julia, was published by the University of Austin Press, which is a, a scholarly press. And that's very, very impressive to me. So I want to begin with a short story. And then I want to ask you a question, a okay, weird sure. story. Okay. That I don't think these friends of mine even have ever heard me talk about. But years ago, I was I was at Barnes and Noble in the used book section, and I picked up the autobiography of Andy Warhol, which is, you know, like a encyclopedia. I've read and it. I became completely enthralled and I started buying, you know, knockoffs of all his art and everything. And then I had a past life regression where I realized that my last life before this one, I was in New York and I lived in the 1960s and I was born in Shelley here was born in the late 60s. And so I felt later, it, I, I never had this in a regression, but I felt that I might have been one of the many you know, hippie people who walked through Andy Warhol's factory back in the day, because he used to have these big parties and all these people would come over. And yeah. I felt like I was kind of some indigent that probably wandered into one of his parties. And so now the question to you, why this weird story has anything to do with you. But when I, I looked at your website, I saw your picture and I thought, I'm going to go Google Sylvia Plath because I haven't looked her up in a very long time. And I just, I don't know, I just had a, a very immediate impression that you have some kind of a past life connection with this person. And so I just wanted to ask you to yeah. share about Sylvia and to, I just want to know, have you ever considered that you might have a past life connection? Oh, with sure. Sylvia? Sure. I mean, it, it, in the spiritual world, that's just part of it. But uh, I, I do have what I call my, uh, you, you, do you know, have you ever heard of the Lincoln Kennedy coincidence where uh, if you look it up, it, it's very interesting. There are just all these strange parallels between Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy, how they were born, how they died. Um, you know, uh, Kennedy was killed by an actor, you know, in a theater who ran to you know, a grassy knoll or whatever. It, it's like the flip, you know, <laughs> it back and forth. And um, and so I have what I call my Lincoln-Kennedy coincidence with Sylvia Plath. And from very banal similarities, such as my grandmother's name was Sylvia. Um, my mother was British and moved across the ocean to America where she married an American man. Sylvia was American. She moved across the ocean to Britain where she married a British man. Um, Sylvia lost her, fa her father at the age of eight uh, and he had, um, he had lost his left leg. I lost my grandfather at the age of eight. He had lost his left leg. <laughs> so they're, they're just some interesting so, so fun things. Uh, you may be Sylvia Platt. That's the first well, impression I had. So that's I, basically, is that where we're headed? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I really wouldn't want to claim that. That's, and, and I do know people who have, you know, which is interesting. I, I actually interviewed someone who completely believes she's Sylvia. And I'll say she looks very much like her. Uh, but, you know, I, I think we're here in in this world, in this body, to get the most out of this life. And right. if you know anything about Plath, she was pretty miserable and not very stable. So I sure don't want to take along that karma. Um, right. 
I, I definitely have a connection. I do believe she has helped me with this work, uh, which I write about in my introduction on Fixed Stars Governor Life Decoding Sylvia Plath. And this introduction is actually, you could read that for free on my academia.edu site. But um, one of the things I talk about in the introduction is I was having, uh, I, I discovered early on when I was in graduate school, I'm also a poet, and, uh, and when I was in graduate school getting my um, MFA in creative writing and poetry and fiction, I saw the parallel, I, I was reading Platt's book, Ariel, and I saw all these tarot card images in it. And I said to my professor, what's the deal? You know, this is so clearly the Empress. This is so clearly Knight of Swords, you know, and I'm showing him these different things. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. No one has ever pointed this out to me before. And he suggested that I make it my semester end project. And it really became my life's work. So what I discovered was Platt's book, Ariel, the poetry collection, Ariel, is aligned exactly right with, with both major and minor arcana. This book explores the major arcana poems and I, and I meant to publish the minor one. That, that's a whole other story. Um, I, I still intend to one day, uh, but I discovered that you know her work is so much more than just the rantings of a suicidal, angry woman. And that's how she's been read for the last 50 years. And right. so if there's anything that I'm sort of taking on, it's to redeem her name and right. to get away from her drama. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow starred in a movie called Sylvia and I think it was like 2008, something like that. And, you know, and it was all about the drama, none of her genius, none of her work, <laughs> just about the philandering husband and, and how beautiful they both were, which they were, they were a gorgeous couple. That That's a big part of it. You know, they were so such good looking people, Plath and her husband, Ted Hughes. And, and I think that got them far. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I realized in, in my work as I was finding these correlations and, and, I, and I understood that to read the aerial poems properly, really it helps to know a bit about these cards because then you can really see the mastery of, of the levels of meaning and the you know absolute genius. But I got to this really uncomfortable part where um, right around uh, the, the temperance card, I started to read all of this kind of satanic imagery. And I was like, whoa, I'm not going there. And, and I was really quite upset. I have, I grew up in the Episcopal church. I have a very Christian background and, and while I'm not religious per se, uh, I, I didn't want, uh, I didn't want to put that energy into my work. And I thought, oh my gosh, were they Satanists? You know? And I mean, I was finding line by line uh, references to Aleister Crowley text and all, all of this really interesting stuff, um, dark stuff. And then I went to bed that night and I heard her so loud in my head that it was almost audible. And she said, and I know her voice because I've heard lots of recordings of her. And she said, move through. And she just commanded me to do this. And I thought, wow. okay, wow, um, I'll go to the next poem. Well, duh. 
the next poem was in correspondence with the devil card. So of course she had satanic imagery in this. She was setting up the devil card. So that was kind of when I knew I was really being helped. Uh, there were uh-huh. other interesting circumstances. I, I mean, I, I could probably share a ton of stories, but I know we don't have all day here. Um, but uh, but I, I definitely feel guided. I'll, I'll say it that way. I think it's fantastic because um, friends, you know, Julia is also an award-winning poet herself in this life. So yeah. I feel like you're you're guided at minimum, but um, I just found this completely fascinating. So I was wondering also, how did you first get interested in the tarot? Because you are also such an expert in that now as well. Yeah. Well, um, so funnily enough, there is a correlation. It was around the same time I found Sylvia Plath, who also had a deck of her own tarot cards and, and studied tarot. Um, uh, it was about the age of 16. And I uh, I write about this and I have a forthcoming book with inner traditions called Tarot Life Lessons. And that'll be out in November of this year. And I talk about uh, how I, as a teenager, I, I wandered into a magic shop. Now, this is in the 1970s, <laughs> to date myself a little bit. And and magic shops weren't like the new agey stuff we have today with the crystals and, you know, and, and the incense and all of that. It was you know, hats with false bottoms and, and sponge balls and, and flies and plastic ice cubes, you know, it it was magic tricks and gag gifts, but, um, but there behind the counter, I saw this deck of tarot cards and a very cool worldly woman of around age 21 (laughs) said to me, (laughs) said, do you want to see some real magic? And she pulled out the cards and that was it. I mean, I was sold and I plunked down my babysitting money and <laughs> and I was I was studying the tarot from that moment on. And so that was over 44 years ago. <laughs> and wow, af- after doing it that long, one gets to become quite an expert. I took a tarot class once from a really excellent teacher. It lasted like two months and I loved the imagery and the symbolism. I didn't feel like I had the talent. Don't you think? There is still a resonance with certain tools that resonates with some people. Oh, that sure. You, you know, astrology interests me, but but I look at it. It looks like math. You know, I don't I don't want anything to do with that. I You know, I know we had a, a big eclipse yesterday and I know we're just starting a Mercury retrograde and I pay attention to these things. But uh, I am no astrologer, and, and that's a different set of gifts that I don't have. So, yeah, the cards definitely speak to me. And over the years, it's just gotten to be a deeper practice. And and I, and I, you know, and the plath work brought in Kabbalah. So I I see the you know the the Kabbalah is sort of an umbrella of of all the mystical arts and so there's numerology and there's mythology and there's astronomy astronomy and astrology and, and you know and it goes on and on and the tarot encompasses all of these things so uh, a lot of times you may see the tarot deck aligned on the Kabbalah tree of life that's uh, a lot of people have done that it's easy to find online. And uh, all the paths, all of the stations on the tree of life um, have a tarot card. And as I as I began studying all the plath work and just getting deeper and deeper into this, my plath made me a, a better tarot card reader for sure. 
That is so, so interesting. So now that you are one of the best fortune tellers in your area, when you when you do readings for people, what areas do you think people are most concerned with? Oh, love, hands down, <laughs> hands down. Um, yeah. If I can say something really quick, I know I sure. have that title of fortune teller. I really don't like fortune teller. Like I don't use that on my website just because, I don't know, it's a little cheesy. It's a little bit like, Madam Cleo or, or, you know, or the, the machine in the carnival or, or something. And I would rather think of tarot as uh, a reflection of the path you're on and showing where your energy's going and where your learning opportunities are and what we can take away from past struggles and what we're working on healing. You know, it, it, it's so much deeper and more important than does he like me? <laughs> you know, or some, you. some of those things. I, I, was, I think the publication that named you that basically that was the title they gave you. <laughs> that was CBS Radio. Yeah, yeah. But and, you're very uh, good at it. So oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, people want to know why do people want to regression? It's the same thing. It's always because of relationships. You know. Yeah, and I have had really good ones or really bad ones. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I don't know, you know, in my line of work, I, I was sort of interested on it, if any Plath stuff would come up when I did a past life regression. Uh, I, I've done it two or three times, uh, but nothing came up in, in that line. Although I would say that, uh, you know, Plath is one of the first literary feminists. And I did have a, a strong sort of feminist vibe in all of my regressions, interestingly. And, uh, and, uh, just a, a frustration with being a woman in in old times, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I find that you know I I think I think Sylvia and I, I I'm not going to say we're the same person, although we are all one, right? right. And so we we share elements of spirit and um, and we share things we care about, and so I, I certainly embrace a lot. Of Sylvia Plath. And, and if I could embrace anything, it would be her genius. And I'm not even close to that. Uh, but uh, she taught me what poetry is as well, you know, just the layers of meaning and, and what a poem can do beyond just the words, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And so you're also a, a professor, is that correct? Um, not currently, but yeah, I have um, taught, uh, I taught this book, uh, Lindenwood University in the St. Louis area here was great about letting me design a course around my own text, which was wonderful. And I got to teach that book. And that led me to produce these, which um, I have decoding Sylvia Plath's Lady Lazarus, Freedom's Feminine Fire, and decoding Sylvia Plath's Daddy, Discover the discover the layers of meaning beyond the brute. And, uh, and I, those, um, they have study guides in the back so that other teachers can teach them. I, I really developed them around my students. And of course, Daddy and Lady Lazarus are her probably most famous poems or certainly two of them. And, uh, and so, um, so they have been, I published them in 2017 and they've been regularly, I just got my little, Amazon royalty statement yesterday, they continue to sell. And, uh, and that's nice. And I, I, I've been intending since I didn't do volume two. So um, of the first book here, Fixed Stars Govern a Life, 
um, I, I was thinking I would do, and, and we'll probably get around to it one day, uh, an individual book for every poem in Ariel. Um, or maybe I'll do volume two, but I honestly had a terrible experience with that university publisher. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you think you publish in a university and you think you'll have some meticulous grad student who wants to make his or her name and, and really cares. And instead, you have a bunch of lost undergraduates who just want a quick credit and don't really know anything and are gone in six months. So nobody's really there to finish the job. And, uh, and, and it was a nightmare, honestly, it was really a bad experience for my wow. first book. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so, um, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not going to clamor to work with the university again. I know it sounds impressive, it does, but it really, but... Uh, you know, may, maybe the Ivy leagues may be impressive, but, um, Stephen F. Austin State U, not so much. <laughs> okay. When I'm doing research for my books, you know, you always find, you know, a lot of good books come out of these university presses. And it feels sure. like, you know, you have to be a real scholar to even get in the door there. So I just thought that was a yeah. real your cap. But yeah. I just thought of the fact that, yeah, we're talking about students running the place. Right, right. And 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 I am a well-known scholar. I mean, I've talked right. in in, I've at conferences in Ireland and London and across the United States. And uh, yeah, so it's um, it's a great experience. A academia has really, uh, I, I worked very hard to be sort of, uh, you know, validated by academia. And I got it to a certain point. And, and honestly, it's so ugly and so backstabbing. And I really don't like the vibe. And uh, after a certain point, I thought, okay, you don't like me. I don't like you. <laughs> well, I wish you well and we'll part ways. And so now I'm much happier kind of uh, in a, you know, not entirely independent because as I said, I have another book coming out with Inner Traditions. Um, and, uh, and actually Inner Traditions is going to publish a biography I have on Sylvia Plath and Ted Hughes's mysticism. Uh, the working title is The Magician's Girl, and that should be out next year, but I don't have a release date for that yet. That should actually explain a lot to, uh, to Plath fans and Ted Hughes fans about the depth of their mysticism and their interest in, in occult and magic in, in all its forms. That is so interesting. Yeah, um, this life is an interesting journey, I guess, how it just all comes together. But you're definitely a scholar. And I think it's important what you bring up uh, that we, you know, Hollywood wants to fictionalize just the person and then forgets about the brilliance of the work. So it's really important that you are bringing this forward so people can take a look at it. Because I always thought of Sylvia Plath as one of the most important. Of course, I have an English degree, so... Uh -huh you know, we like to study things like that, but, you know, she yeah. is an important thinker and a writer, especially for feminists. And it's important that this legacy continues so that we can study her work. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and I mean, with each Ariel poem, I, I won't bog you down with too much of the details, but you can read each poem in that book six different ways. And my interpretations break it apart. And, you know, you can read it through a lens of history. You can read it through a lens of art. You can read it through a lens of mythology, through a lens of alchemy, through a lens of astrology. I mean, it goes on and on. It, it's 
just amazing what that woman was capable of of packing into a, a set of words. So um, uh, there's just I've I've read a lot of poets and nobody has her level of brilliance in my opinion. Yeah, one of the greats, one of the greats. Julia, it has been a complete joy. I'm so glad that we met. Um, I'm yes. fascinated by your work. I can't wait for your new books to come out. And Thank Brent, you, I'm Shelley. have her links below. So you're at mysticfix.com, correct? Correct. Yeah, That's yeah. Great That's the easiest way to so find me. Check it out. You can see uh, Julia's podcast, information about all of her books, and we will definitely have you back when those come out. Thank you so much, Shelly. Great meeting all you. All right. Friends, we've done it again. Check out Julia's information and I will see you next time on Healing Arts. Hey friends, would you like to heal your ancestors to heal your life? Well, you can do just that with my book by the same name that will teach you my genealogical regression process so that you can send love and light to your ancestors. And by learning a few simple techniques, you will begin to feel the benefits of that healing resonating through yourself and your entire family, past, present, and future. Check out my book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, The Transformative Power of Genealogical Regression, today. Just go to pastlifelady.com, click on the book link, and check it out. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at pastlifelady.com or on YouTube at pastlifelady or connect with me on Facebook at pastlifelady.com.